Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Well, welcome back to the show. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Heather Joel on the show. She is the VP of Operations at Ascension. Hi, Heather. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. We're in the midst of a a very difficult time. Obviously, we have COVID going on. We have a lot of other things in our culture happening right now. But we want to focus on how we're moving as a culture, as a business into digital workspaces. So we wanted to bring you on. You have a lot of experience and a very large organization that you lead the operations for. So why don't you give a little bit of background about yourself and about Ascension? Sure. So my one, my job at Ascension is to run the shared services organization for Ascension. And to put that into perspective, um, Ascension has over 2,600 hospitals and standalone clinics um, in 20 different states across the United States. Um, What I do and my team does right here in Indianapolis is we make sure that all of the the back office functions, all the non-patient facing functions continue to move forward um, and support the hospitals so that the caregivers can focus in um, on the mission of Ascension, which is to, you know, to serve. um, We focus on the poor, the underserved, and of course, uh, you know, world-class healthcare. So when you think about, you know, the gravity of that and what that means, um, especially as we talk through, you know, the times of COVID and the pandemic, um, when the world needed to shut down and we needed to go home, there couldn't even be a single hiccup in the functions at the shared services center because if there's a hiccup here, something at the hospital can't be delivered. And this is critical time for the hospitals to deliver care and to deliver the right things to our patients to to make sure that they're healthy. So um, this was from a, um, I would say from a stress and from a, is the BCP the right BCP? (laughs) Yeah. We are we are live testing. Um, it was a it was a moment in my career that I will never forget, and uh, one that we are now we've marched past, and it's become a what I call a new normal. And I think that's what everyone's calling it, right? It's the new normal. Yeah. So, how would you compare the level of digitization you were, like, say, in February of this year, compared to now? We're recording this in in June of 2020. So, where were you before? What are some things you were implementing on a digital aspect that were successful, and how have you pushed those things in the last few months? So, there's a lot of things that I think have helped um, helped Ascension um, from a shared services perspective, and one of the things that that we've been really cutting edge on is bots automations. Um, right now, I believe in my center, I have 90 running, which is a, a very large number when you go out and you look at the industry and compare um, how others function. So that's helped us from an efficiency perspective prior to all of this happening. Can you give some examples of what your bots are doing? Sure. So, you know, one of the functions that we perform within the center, which is obviously a very huge function, is the the monthly close. So month-end close happens, and um, that happens across every single um, business that we have, every single hospital that we have. And we have bots that are doing things like um, they might be taking and let me give you a good example. Instead of an accountant sitting there and and hitting the keyboard and pressing through to get the accruals where they need to be, it's it's coming in, it's reading the email, 
It's taking that out of the email. It's going and it's performing the function without us touching it so that we're only managing exceptions. I think that's what the automation has allowed us to do is to become a thought, um, a kind of a thought service environment versus a transactional environment. So the transactions that are happening within the building, and I mean, I could go on and on about this, but it's, uh, it is, it's mind-blowing the hours and the millions and millions of dollars that we've saved by be, staying on the front line of, uh, of automation. And so as we transitioned home, that was one thing I didn't have to think about was, well, are my transactions going to go from 200 widgets a day down to 150? Those things weren't things that I had to have on my mind. I uh, was more focused on the quality of the environment that my employees were going to be in, um, what equipment do we need to provide, um, what additional you know, services uh, from a, you know, just uh, we're in G Suite, which is another uh, unique, uh, unique space for Ascension, which had, was a huge, the timing and everything of it was a huge help for us because as most of us know, because we are all in G Suite at some point in our day, um, if not professionally, personally, sure. it's a very nice and clean and personal interface. Um, so we had shifted to that. And I want to say earlier this year, um, and so going home with the G Suite applications really provided uh, from a leadership perspective, which is, I, I think that's what this is all about. Moving from, from work to home is about leadership and how you leverage the tools that you have that are existing. If you go out and buy a bunch of whole, a whole bunch of new tools right now and try and, and do an implementation, um, you're, you're going to struggle yep. because you, you know we're, there's too many moving parts, um, and your your environment isn't isn't in front of you anymore, right? So taking the tools that we had and leveraging those things, uh, and and then really driving like how do we execute like. I mean, every meeting I have is a video meeting, of course. And that's, a, that's, that's not unique to Ascension. That's, that's all of us across the globe. But the frequencies change. Um, the, the way that I interact with my employees now is different. Um, I used to walk the building and, and stop and sit with someone. Now you have to have virtual business hours. or you. Um, I have a monthly all-hands meeting where you know we'll have... Six seven hundred people on the line because they crave. Everyone craves information right now. Yeah, and they want to know what's the direction. What you know the the level of transparency that I'm providing to my team right now is literally as I'm getting information, I'm feeding information so that um, I can create some comfort for these folks at home because that's the big adjustment. Right? Is everybody thinks they want to go home and work? until they're at home working, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they're sitting at their desk and it's not the same and the chair is not the ergonomically correct chair and the monitors don't fit right. And, and um, all those little things that you take for granted when you sit down at your desk every day with all the things that have been measured and, and over time and said, this is the exact height of the desk and this is the exact way the chair should sit. Um, those are things now that you know people have settled in that they're raising their hand and saying, you know, I need help with this. Um, can you can you walk me through how I can be more efficient when 
the kids are here. Yeah. I want to come back to one of the issues you brought up before when you said the difference between thought and transactions, which how you've been able to take advantage of the automation, take advantage of the technology, and that frees you up as a leader to then say, okay, my job is now to take care of my people or someone else, their job is not to insert numbers, but their job is to look at exceptions or imagine if, okay, are these the right numbers that we need? That's a really powerful way to look at how to use technology and automation. What are some other thoughts you have around that or other ways you've implemented that kind of difference between enabling the humans that work for you to really be humans? Well, you know, one of the things that's really, um, that's come out of that is a, a real um, interest in the individual contributors finding ways to create efficiencies. So you have this, you know, um, continuous improvement culture that's created because it's a way of life, right? Because instead of me hitting a button a hundred times a day, how can I only hit that button 20? And we, we reward our employees for, um, and reward, encourage, and require, I would even go as far mm-hmm. as to say that, that they're providing us um, solutions, ideas, things that we can go and look at and measure and say, yes, I think that this is an automation. Some of it is, honestly, some of it's not a bot. Some of it's just a process improvement that needs to happen, right? Because you, uh, we like to apply automation, bots, all those things to everything. And I think that it's... Uh, it's, it's amazing to watch it. It's in the background. You can't even see it and, and it's happening. But I've come across time and again where my employees have brought to me things where I'm like, well, maybe if we just, we have two extra steps. It's just move those. We don't need those steps. And so by creating that culture of uh, continuous improvement, uh, I think that our, our teams are more bought into the mission Um, I believe that the product that we deliver back to Ascension is superior. And and I really think that our folks um, are craving, it's it's an education for them too. Mm -hmm. If you give, you know, if you submit a Kazan, right? And and then it gets, we do it. We, We actually execute against it. That's theirs. Yeah. That that's, you know, and, and it's personal for them. Like, look what I did. I saved this many because you, you can look at, um, you can look at automation through, you know, hours saved, dollars saved, but there's also the value at what's the value of, because some, you know, the, your, your financial folks are always going to see the hard dollars, right? But there, I think there is a mix of what's the value proposition of what you're putting into place and how does that enrich the work environment and also the output that goes out to the masses when they're making, because we all make decisions off P&Ls, right? And so, you know, how did, how did that P&L get created? What's it, you know, what's it telling us and how quickly can we push it out too? Because pushing that P&L out and getting it out there sooner allows for decisions to happen faster and allows for a better business uh, model. Yeah. And especially as a shared service with such a vast, huge network you're trying to serve, like you have to think in terms of scaling, you have to think in terms of automation. This is not another option, right? I mean, you can't physically go out to each hospital and count all the dollars that are there. That's right. And that is one of the um, incredible things to experience when we're in the office. The, the, the amount of requests that come in um, just in a, in a single day, it's mind boggling. And like I said, we can't miss. 
You know, there's, there's, there's no, oops, we we're shutting the doors or we're not going to run that process today. Mm-hmm. That we don't, we don't get that choice. And do we have great uh, plans? So let's say if something, let's say an automation stops working, because those things happen from time to time. We know how to kick into manual gear. We can do that. We can revert back for the time that it takes. But, um, you know, we, we stay up and running and it, it's just, it's an incredible um, environment and an incredible culture that really has made me as a leader pause and think about what could we do next? Yeah. You know, what's next for us is it in, and, um, and, and the teams too. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of automation. I'm a huge fan of efficiencies and the culture of continuous improvement. I think if a, if a business doesn't have it, they should start investing in it now because it's only going to get more complex. Yeah. I'm curious if you're speaking to another leader out there that wants to create this culture of automation, you know, there's a lot of fear around that word. There's a fear of, oh, no, we're, we're getting rid of jobs. How do you encourage your team members to say, no, this, we have to like invest in this. This is good for everybody. If we create this culture of automation, what are some things you've done to make sure people understand the importance of that? Well, I think you celebrate it. I think that's the first thing is like, uh, and, and look at process improve. I think you start with process improvement and then it, it, it morphs. And also you, you can't say we're, we're going to go into this and not have a budget for it. You, ha- you have to have a budget set aside so that if you're going to go into an environment where you're automating or where you're, you're buildings, buildings, a, a leaner machine, um, and your employees have the idea that you have the space in the team that set aside, you know, I have, uh, you know, a, a continuous improvement team that is dedicated to delivering back to me and, and the rest of Ascension, the culmination of all the ideas of all of the, you know, all the Kaizans that are submitted so that we can prioritize those things and get the big ones out, out there first and then keep moving through. Um, and, and I would just say as a leader, I mean, what you, what you talk about you know, what's visible is what people focus on, right? Yeah. So if you don't have the, let's say you don't, I don't have the apps, you're, you don't even know where to start. I mean, there's so many resources online. You can, you know, grab a book <laughs> or, or go find a leader out there that's doing it and say, hey, I mean, we've had people come in and say, we want to understand what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. And by sharing that information, it only makes, I think, all of us stronger. So for as a as a leader, I think you know that peer peer to peer conversation, counseling, and all those conversations across networks uh, are what make a difference. That's hard. How do you feel like in terms of individuals who are working on your team, if they have an idea for a new process or something like that? What are the tools you're using to run your processes? In terms of can someone just start their own right from scratch in front of them, or do they need to go through the IT team, or how do you set it up? So we go everything, everything in my building when it comes to process improvement, ideas, changes, goes through the project management organization. So my PMO is where it starts. And then if you think about it, AT is that next layer. IT, we call it AT, sorry. Mm-hmm. But um, IT is the next layer that has to sit in there. So the PMO looks at it, vets it. I have my black belts to so take a peek at it, right? Identify we prioritize, say, this is great. Then you have your IT organization that does, does their vetting as well. And then we determine if it's a project or if it's on the back burner. And then we have a project manager run it with the, let's say the business leader as the champion. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and then you just pull the necessary players in. And then what I, I do is I have my, you know, my tableau and all that stuff where I can go and look and say, what's happening over here? What are the timelines? You know, how are we doing on our sprints? So that I can monitor the progress against, against the target. Nice. I think the idea, especially like you said earlier, of that peer-to-peer learning is, is so important because as we move into this digital workplace, like it doesn't really help one company to move so far beyond all the other ones. Like we all need to be able to move together, move forward and things. As you look at other organizations that are out there, what's one thing that you hope to learn from others? You talk about wanting to get to that next level. What's an area of your digital workplace you feel like you, you would want to improve? Huh. You know, if I... If I were to think of a space to improve, I think we're always working on the fun. So like pulling, I don't think you ever stop. I always have to be very aware that I have to talk about this, right? That I have to make sure that because there's somebody sitting at a desk somewhere that has an idea that hasn't raised their hand. And that idea could be worth tens of millions of dollars. That idea could save five FTE. Uh, You know, it could increase the value of the product that's being pushed out. And so I don't think that we'll ever, that I'll ever get to a space where I'll be like, yep, I'm doing everything that I can. And I have all the ideas pulled in from my team because I know that there's somebody that's doing something out there that wants to come forward that maybe hasn't yet. And so... You know, I would be interested if I were talking to a peer in another organization, you know, how do you, how do you pull these ideas out? How do you recognize folks? And, and um, then, you know, from a prioritization perspective, how do you make sure that you're constantly in that prioritization mode so the most important thing is being executed? Yeah, that's great. I mean, when it, when it comes to thinking about how to get better, I mean... We know that the ideas are out there. Like, I think we could spend the next 20 years just executing on the ideas that are in our team right now. And we could see immense results that are there. I think that's great. Now, you were talking about productivity as well earlier. And I think it sounds like from your area, as a culture, as an organization, you're very productive. You're focused on efficiency and you're very digital in a lot of ways. On the individual level, as we're in this like remote setup, now we're trying to figure out, okay, as an individual contributor, like how can I then up my own game, find new ways to be productive from home when I'm in an environment where there's other people around me, which, you know, we're not sure exactly how long this will last. It'll be for a while still. Right. So we need to understand those things as we move forward too. Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to productivity, right, that's the key word when you talk about, you know, a service center is mm-hmm. uh, SLAs and, and, um, how quickly we're moving things, um, man, how quickly, you know, my, my big uh, bucket is always managing the exceptions, the things that didn't, you know, straight through process, right? Yep. Um, and since we've gone home, what we've done is some of this has been baseline, like we're baselining where are we now from a productivity perspective on the key metrics, you know, your, your key performance indicators, how we're doing now versus when we were in the office. Because that information is readily available to me every day, right? So I always know, oh, uh, you know, how my, what my this particular bucket of work looks like versus what this body of work looks like over here. And what I found when we went home is we became more productive. Um, the you know the the exceptions started to managing the exceptions was moving along a bit quicker. Um, more ideas were coming in, and now I am I'm kind of waiting for the big like. 
oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. I'm at home and now I don't, I don't want to go back to work. Yeah. I'm watching the productivity to see if it dips because I'm expect I'm expecting a bit of a dip. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but we're definitely, we're definitely peaked. And so now it's like when you're, when your workforce is peak, how do you keep it up here? Right. <laughs> or just, just move it just a little bit. And so I found that I've really had to increase my communication. Um, they're real. Everybody really likes the all zoom meetings. I mean, those are a huge hit. I go out and survey to see what the questions are so I can hit on the hot topics um, and lots of, uh, you know, video messaging out. Um, I send out, you know, everybody sends out an email, but I try to stay away from email. Maybe once every other week, we'll send out an update. And again, feeding information faster. Something in the office that I might've known on a Thursday and I'll be like, I'll just cover that at next Friday's meeting. Now I know it's Thursday and I know everybody's sitting at home wondering. So I might throw 15 minutes on and put everybody on a Zoom. All of a sudden, 700 people are on the phone. 15 minute, hello, which I would never do in the office. I would never be like, everybody meet downstairs in 15 minutes. That right. would never be a thing. But with technology, you can leverage your tools and say, if you want to hear it live, jump on the phone. Otherwise, we'll have it recorded. And if we don't have it recorded, I have a memo done and I have my, you know, an email that I'm sending out. So yeah. all the different styles of communication and getting them out there, it's a, from a leadership lens, um, you have to be very agile and and also very open to changing your leadership style because it's not the same now. Yeah, I wish we had time to get into fully even how leadership is different, but it seems like you've talked about that already, about how you need to take care of individuals now. You need to start thinking about, okay, the work is going great, but how are people doing? And can you sustain this pace? Yep. Is that going to work? So I think those are great questions to ask. Everything you guys are doing is really encouraging just to see how far you, you're taking advantage of a digital platform. You're seeing that there's inherent advantages. It's not just you're trying to replicate what was there before. And I, I think your mindset towards this culture of automation has been really beneficial for that. So, so Heather, thanks so much for sharing what you've learned so far, how you're going through things, and things you're struggling with, too, and, and what you're looking for that future. Uh, where can people go if they want to get in touch with you or learn more about what Ascension's doing? Um, you know what? If Honestly, to get in touch with me, I mean... Would probably easy, easiest to probably be my email. I, I think I reached out to you on LinkedIn, so that was easy. Yeah, yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn's a great place. I'm always on LinkedIn. And, you know, I think that following following Ascension through the media, what they're doing, Ascension's an open book about how, how we are moving into the future. And so that's one of the things I really love is that we have a, um, a very open, you know, media platform where we're pushing communications out. But if anyone wants to reach out to me, um, you know, Heather Joel, I'm on LinkedIn, J-O-H-L-L. <laughs> and, uh, and I'd love to be of assistance. Um, that is one of the things I thrive on. Awesome. Well, thanks, Heather, for being on the show. We appreciate it. And we look forward to staying connected. You got it. Thank you. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you are. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.